This is how corporate America feels about remote work in 2023. The laptop class is living in La La Land. It's messed up to assume that, that, that yes, they have to go to work, but you don't. It's not just a productivity thing. I think it's morally wrong. Listen, it doesn't work for young kids. It doesn't work for spontaneity. It doesn't really work for management. And this is how the corporate world felt about remote work in 2020, during the height of COVID-19. You know, the biggest advantages, I think, are access to large pools of talent who don't live around the big cities and aren't willing to move there. Since we've all been forced into being remote now for nine months, I think we've realized that if you have somebody in a particular location who's willing to work the hours to be able to collaborate, you can do it very effectively. So it's changed how we thought about hiring. Let's pause here. Notice something? In fewer than three years, corporate leaders have reversed their approach to remote work. And it seems like this tactic has been working. The latest data from the Census Bureau found that fewer than 26% of U.S. households still have someone working from home. That's down from 37% in early 2021. So the reason we're having this entire conversation about remote work dying is, first of all, because we kept thinking that, that we we're going to bounce back to quote unquote normal. When the pandemic started and we had people working from home, the idea was this is very temporary and we were all going to come back. So really what's changed the discussion about remote work is the slowdown in the labor market. There are a lot of employers out there who had suspicions about remote work from the start. And you can see that kind of by the timing of when people actually went to being remote during the start of the pandemic. So the concerns that employers had about remote work were present all during the great reshuffle, but they didn't really have much of a choice. But with the emergency orders expiring for the pandemic this year, now they can actually start to bring people back and address some of those concerns that they might have about productivity. Remote work was thrust upon us, basically, by the pandemic. Before the pandemic, remote work was pretty rare, so about 5% of days. We were forced to work from home, you know, all managers and professionals were basically fully remote for much of 2020, and then it turned out it's worked really well. Such as no commute, working in your sweatpants, doing your laundry between Zoom calls, but also just the savings in terms of time, in terms of money, in terms of your commute in terms of being able to spend more time with your children or pick them up from school. People quickly found ways to be productive, to continue communications together, and to keep collaborating together in whatever tools they could invest in to support that work and that teamwork. As the world slowly started to open up, corporate America began to change its tune on remote work, so much so that some firms now even threaten to fire their employees if they don't show up at work. Zoom, the company this is, now throwing in the towel on fully remote work. Even Zoom, the video conferencing company that helped make the remote work boom happen in the first place, is also taking a hard line on return to office. It's an abrupt shift from last year. I want to suggest that a majority of its employees would work a hybrid schedule with just 2% working in person full time. So some of the pushback remote work is driven by concerns about productivity. There have been some experimental studies that show that there's some productivity impact potentially from remote work. But those studies are also experiments, right? It's unclear how they apply to the broader labor force. The United States does have a productivity problem. Before the second quarter of this year, the country had experienced five consecutive quarters of year-over-year -year declines in worker productivity. 
In fact, a major study that Professor Nicholas Bloom co-authored found that fully remote work led to productivity declines of about 10 to 20% when compared to fully in-person work. Now, the other important thing in the study is we pointed out, look, what firms care about ultimately is profitability. And it turns out that if you have an employee that's remote, you also save a lot of costs. So you're saving about 10% less overhead because you don't have an office. And then you can hire these folks maybe last year internationally, maybe save another 20, 30, 40% remote workers. They may be five, 10% less productive, but they are so much cheaper that it's profitable for firms to have many teams, many employees remote. If you're coming with the stat to protect yourself, to put the positive narrative for people to return to work, I'd like to think what were the productivity like when people were all working from home, when you're not allowed to have any face-to-face uh, worker at all, right? So now you're spinning it in your favor. So I'd like to challenge that. If the employee can uh, perform their, their duties and handle their responsibilities, they should be encouraged to work from wherever makes them feel as uh, excited about life as possible. I camped in Key West for three weeks. I was in North Dakota in February. I've been up and down the coast of California. I've been to our national parks. For me, that's where I feel best working and that's where I've gotten my best work done. I believe we can work from anywhere. My name is Susan Parazoli. I used to work for JP Morgan and Chase. It was all remote, uh, but once they changed their policy to come to office, that was in Plano, Texas, but uh, I live in California. So I decided not to uh, move out there because of my kids. I have two school going kids. I have to manage work-life balance as well. That was the reason why I quit my job. JP Morgan had given me uh, 45 days of time frame uh, to find another job. And uh, I applied for uh, some other companies and uh, found a remote job with Lidos. So I have been working remotely with Lidos as a senior system analyst. Parajali is not alone in his choice to quit rather than return to an office setting. Finding a fully remote job, though, is getting more challenging. New research from Indeed found that job postings are declining faster in metropolitan areas where many jobs can be done remotely. A similar trend is playing out on LinkedIn as well. So on LinkedIn last year, we saw that about one in seven jobs were remote, and now that's down to about one in 11. But over this time, we've also seen an inversion. Now we see about one in seven jobs being hybrid, coming up from one in 11 last year. So we're seeing more folks coming back into the office, but they are not coming back into the office five days a week. Many employers are strong arming their team members and that they would love remote work to die faster. As a result, I do see that remote work is quote unquote slowly dying and becoming more competitive to get. The pandemic-induced shift to remote work has raised concerns about the future of commercial real estate, especially office spaces. The latest report from McKinsey Global Institute suggests that remote work threatens to erase $800 billion from the value of office real estate in nine major cities around the world. Other experts say the empty offices created by remote work in various cities are also leading to what's been called the, quote, urban doom loop. The problem does start with the office demand, right? And we've seen with the advent of remote work and hybrid work, a dramatic reduction in office demand over these past three years. 
that has led to, ri to rising vacancy rates and, in fact, to all-time high vacancy rates in the office market right now. And that does put pressure, downward pressure, on the valuations of these offices. Uh, you mentioned that they're, they're down, you know, probably 20, 30 percent already. They're likely to fall by more. And that causes downward pressure on property tax revenues, because for a lot of cities, office tax revenues is a big chunk of their tax revenues, often as much as 50 percent. Some of that is, is, is coming from office, maybe 20 percent. So maybe 10 percent of overall tax revenues for cities comes from office. If those offices lose about half of their value, tax revenues uh, fall, and that creates a huge hole in the budget. So like everything, there are going to be winners and losers as we transition to a world where we have remote work as a permanent feature. One of the potential losers is commercial real estate, in part because offices aren't needed as much or they're not needed at all. So commercial real estate may be a loser for remote work. We may also be concerned about businesses that support workers who come to the office. So think about your food trucks, your laundry services, all of these businesses that are centered around folks coming into the office five days a week they may face difficulties when that's not happening as much. Commercial real estate is problematic in a number of big cities, but there are a lot of people now who are saying that we need to bring people back to the office because our commercial buildings are empty, which is a little bit like saying we need to have people use the horse and buggy because cars are going to wipe out that industry. We have to understand that the world has changed our ways of working have changed, and we can't go back to an old, outdated way simply because we are being motivated by commercial real estate. Commercial real estate needs to rethink. We've already seen in some cities that it's being converted, it's being used for other purposes, some of it's being converted into residential housing, and we're going to have to get much more creative about what to do with those empty buildings. If you're pushing your employees to come back to the office, you've got to make sure that they're coming back to the office for something other than needs. I don't think we ever will bounce back to those pre-pandemic days. What I do think we will see, and we are already seeing, is that there is a benefit to also being in person. And that's why we're seeing companies first saying, come back one day a week, two days a week, three days a week, maybe four days a week even. Uh, but I do think that the old school, five days a week, 40 hours on the premises. I do think that's dead. I don't think it's coming back. I'm a family person. And most importantly, I can save uh, like uh, multiple hours by working from home uh, by saving commit hours. And which I can give to my family. I can uh, give those hours for myself, uh, which has been benefiting a lot. And uh, I always prefer to do remotely. Work from home is here to stay. Uh, you know, if you're concerned about it, the best thing to do is figure out how to make it work because it's definitely not going away. 